Welcome to The Rebellious Investor, the podcast that cuts through all the noise surrounding investing, property, mindset, and building your successful life. Let's get into it. (laughs) Mate, just shortly, or just quickly, you're a terrible dancer. (laughs) Well, welcome to... Episode seven of the Rebellious Investor, and today's topic is dance lessons. Yeah, yes, we're gonna, we've got a special guest on. He is an amazing dancer. No, no, no. In all seriousness, uh, we've got on the show today Lloyd Perry, serial entrepreneur. I've known this man for over twelve years, and we met at a thirtieth birthday on a couch, and we had a couple of beers, and I think. It's been all good times since then. <laughs> Very good times, Matt. <laughs> so, uh, Lloyd Perry, uh, he has started a couple of different businesses over the time that I've known him, always been very entrepreneurial, uh, which fits into the rebellious investor podcast style of people we're having on. Mate, tell us, how to, what, what, who is Lloyd Perry? <laughs> uh, well, yes, when, when we met 12... Good memory on that, 12, 12 years ago. Uh, back then, I was just out of being an employee. Used to work in sales and, and marketing. I was heading up uh, sales for a, a, a UK-based company. I was living in London for about three and a half years. I was working for a company called Narrow Step, which was doing uh, internet on the TV before YouTube was even around. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, I remember I almost got into an argument with the, my, my boss, the guy that became my boss, because I was sitting in a room in an interview and they started showing me broadband TV when it used to be called broadband TV. And this was before YouTube. And they started showing me this most crystal high definition video streaming over the internet. And I was like, that's not on the internet. And it's like, yes, it is. It's coming through internet. I said, like, no way. No way. No, it's not. And we had stock options in this company and I ended up sort of being promoted to the UK sales manager. Um, and yeah, we had these stock options. We thought it was just going to go massive. And then it was almost a study in what not to do <laughs> as a business. We had these American investors that came on board and they just, it was almost like it was strategic because they just made like misstep after misstep. And invested into like they kind of went down the path of microsoft streaming technology instead of flash which back then flash was everything for video streaming now flash is gone apple has turfed that um but yeah so those stock options end up being uh worthless but that was my first taste of being an employee for a startup and then yeah when we met in uh was it 2012 or 2010 was it it was 2010. 2010, yeah, it would have been. Uh, yeah, that was when I was starting a business, uh, which you would remember, uh, which is called Big Richard, which was a condom brand. <laughs> I do love that name for a condom brand, and I still to this day do not understand how uh, it is still not around. I was a beta tester, and they were, they were quite good. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask it, why was it called Big Richard? Look, you, you, I guess you, you have to have one to understand <laughs> why, why, why that is. But um, I think uh, the, the reason why is like we, we always used to say, look, you know, we used to have like these taglines like 
you know, girls like it better with a big Richard. And it was just a very, you know, my whole take on branding and marketing back then was that there was just, there's not enough brands in the world that are like just very cheeky and out there to have fun and, and just spread a bit of positivity and, um, there's too many brands that are just, they're kind of a bit Joe cool. And, um, that's what I felt at the time. And I was still, you know, I was what, 30, 30 years old or 29 years old or something. And, uh, still with a very male juvenile sense of humor. And to me, I just thought it was funny. Like it was just a big, funny joke. And, uh, um, but yeah, that's what I was doing back then. I can see why you two connected back then. Peas in a pod. Get your spirits. <laughs> so mate, but before we go into any more about the, the background on Lloyd, Raymond. Yes. What does money mean to you? There's, how about that for a left turn? Money. What is it? Well, it's something we use to, I guess, to trade, to help us trade. I mean, obviously over the, uh, the 50 years of my life, I've seen that change, you know. I remember going to the canteen when I was at primary school and <laughs> buying a frozen orange. Yeah, I was so excited about buying for five cents. And now, I can't even remember the last time I carried any cash, especially coins, because everything, you just tap it. So you, this money thing, you, you don't actually even see it anymore. Yeah, the whole idea of that fiat currency in terms of actually holding hard currency in your hand is really a thing of the past. People weren't carrying a lot of money pre the global virus crisis, but now post that, uh, there's basically very, very little uh, cash being carried around. It's quite dangerous because I remember the days where, you know, you go to the bank, you have some cash in your wallet and you'd be going out and buying things. And then when it ran out, you're like, oh, I think I spent too much. And now you just go out, just tap, tap. Have, you have no just, idea. Just, just to be oh. clear, are we talking fiat dollars oh, or hey? Because that's what I call them now. I call them fiat yes, dollars. Is that absolutely. what you're talking about? Yeah, fiat dollars. Fiat dollars. Fiat dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Funny yeah. money. Funny money. Funny, funny money. money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a segment of yeah. society that does refer to it as uh, a funny money. Definitely. And and when you think about it, money now, you just be able to. It's a. It's trust. You believe that this $50 note will allow you to trade that for some sort of goods or service, um, and that's what money is. Ever since you know the world or different central banks dropped the, the gold standard, mm. yep. where actual currency was backed by physical assets, um, now that's no longer the case. Basically, central banks can just create money um, magically. <laughs> yeah, they're very good at that magic. They are. <laughs> most certainly recently. Um, and, and so now you have this sort of, I guess, digital currency or, or, or source of wealth that's sort of coming on. So how does that work, Lloyd? What, give us an intro into... The, the, the real money. The real money these days. The real money. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. Yeah. No, I, I, I literally call them fiat dollars now. That's, that's what I call them. And I'm just steadily moving all of my uh, fiat dollar holdings uh, into crypto and um, you know it's it's a massive booming market at the moment so just recently we've had Coinbase which is a listed US company their app is now number one on the app store it's bigger than TikTok it's bigger than Instagram it's bigger than Facebook Messenger or Snapchat or any of those guys so like crypto is the asset class of millennials, not that I'm one, but you know, I know you guys are heavily into property and um, that's great if you've kind of already got on the, 
on the ladder or maybe you speak to some smart guys like you that have fractionalised property. I don't know. But property is very difficult and expensive to invest in, whereas there's this crypto asset class, which is global, that is decentralised, it's more accessible. That is, um, you know, that is that is money being disrupted. And that's, you know, that's where I'm, you know, 100% all in on. You like being in that space, that disruptive space? Is that what attracts you, you know, with the, the whole crypto thing? Yeah, yeah. That, that attracts me to it. The decentralized nature mm-hmm. attracts me to it. Um, and uh, what's happening within that space, the energy within that space, the... Uh, you know, there's a thing happening at the moment where gaming and crypto are basically merging. Um, so there's some fun stuff happening there. So for my end, so I've done a bit of a deep dive into crypto in the last sort of six months or so. And then so my, my very limited understanding is that, you know, uh, blockchain technology was created around 10 years ago. And then from there, now all of these other cryptocurrencies have been created from this original technology. So do you want to run us through how blockchain works? <laughs> yeah, sure. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a technical expert, but it's, it's like a decentralized ledger. So the whole blockchain is, if you know where to go, it's, it's there. You can see it. All the transactions are public. But at the same time, it's also very, very secure. And then so the benefit of that mm. is that every transaction which is on the ledger, on the blockchain, is actually recorded, not in one place, but in multiple places. Mm. So it makes it very difficult to be able to hack or change those deta- change that information. Makes it very difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult. But like, if you think about it in these terms, right, like you've got, at the moment, you've got money, uh, sorry, banks are kind of, you know, a store of the record of of how much wealth that they're holding. And for them to do that as a centralised kind of entity, they have to have this massive back office function and checks and balances and regulations and all of this stuff, which is very expensive. And that's why they charge you uh, extraordinary fees to just, you know, hang out with them, do some stuff with them, maybe buy some stuff, maybe get a, a loan. Whereas you've got this just software layer that is doing all of that. The trust is there. None of these guys need to have a back office. They don't need to do any of that because it's all in the software. Yeah, but yeah, I hear that. But the, isn't the cost of this whole um, Bitcoin mining, for example, to, you know, my understanding is when a transaction happens, it kind of gets shared out. People are trying to um, prove that transaction so it's finalized on the blockchain. Mm. The energy, the effort, the resources that are required to manage that transaction are qu- quite high. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so in terms of with uh, with with with. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is my brain digging. <laughs> yeah. So, so they can be, and that's why on um, Bitcoin, it's actually not the most relevant, I suppose, cryptocurrency to be able to transact at high velocity. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of the time, when they think about that, they really think about like digital gold. So when you talk about gold, it's not really a great asset to be able to transact with, but mm. it's, a, it's, it's a good asset to be able to hold to then create other things on to then be able to transact on much faster. And that's where you've got different um, coins coming out like Ethereum and Solana, where they are not a centralized 
um, ledger, they are a decentralized ledger. So what that means is that you don't have all ledger transactions on everybody's um, node. You basically have just some transactions on some nodes and that's shared around the whole network. So again, mm. you can't. it's very difficult to corrupt because you don't actually know where all the information is stored, um, but it's stored in multiple different places across the entire network. So, and these different types of um, blockchain technologies that are coming out, which is making it then a lot faster to be able to transact. You know, and the new ones that are coming out, you, know, you can transact something like 70,000 times a second now. So they're getting to the point where you can actually transact the same as if you or, or if not faster as if you can in now, the, well, it, it is actually faster than in the actual current world. Because at the moment, if you do a credit card transaction to buy a coffee, what, the way that that works is you transact for that coffee, that coffee is then given to you. But then at the end of the day, your bank, talks to that merchant's bank and they do a reconciliation of total transactions which occur and then within 48 hours they work out that yes that's all correct and then they transfer the money back and forth. So there's a huge delay in the way that currently fiat currency is moved between financial institutions and then also um, customers and merchants where with some of these other platforms it's instantaneous. So when I go and buy my coffee uh, my money comes out of my wallet straight away, my account. Yes. But <laughs> so what did you just say about how it takes at the end of the day? I don't, I'm trying to so, follow. So the, so the banks like this, it's called the, the, the carry. So what happens is they take your money out of your account, they then hold it, they make money on that, and then they transfer it to the merchant within you know, 48 hours later. Okay, so the money that I've, has come out of my account is not actually going straight into the merchant's account? Not directly, okay, gotcha. no. Gotcha. Rightio. It's like an interbank transaction that occurs overnight, if not over a couple of days. And so you're saying that the whole process now with um, blockchain technology and, this, and the crypto um, form of currency, um, they're speeding that up because, again, going back to Bitcoin, that sometimes would take 15 minutes, half an hour for something to be processed. And now you're saying that these transactions are like getting towards that instantaneous kind of process. No, they are oh, they absolutely are. instantaneous. Okay. So you can transfer coins from one wallet to another wallet, basically immediately. Mm. Yeah. So just just to clarify, like Bitcoin is is very decentralized as well. Yes. Ethereum is very decentralized. Yeah. Those two are probably the one and two most decentralized. Some of them claim to be very decentralized, but Solana recently took down their network when they had a bit of an issue and it turns out there's only 14 nodes running the whole Solana network. So it's actually not that that decentralised at the moment. But Interesting. Um, you know, there's, there's like even, even Visa and MasterCard, they have a TPS, transactions per second. I think it's like 12 or 20,000 for them. I think, someone will shoot me down for this, but I think Bitcoin is seven transactions per second. Um, and I think Ethereum is 14, right? So they run on what's called a proof of work and that's being phased out. The new blockchain technology that's coming in is proof of stake, which is more efficient, more energy efficient <laughs> and, uh, and will be better for the environment. But yes, at the moment, Bitcoin is not great for the environment. Although, <laughs> although no one in their right brain does mining in a place where the electricity is expensive and the places where electricity is expensive is where it's not near to a renewable source. So I think the stats are something like 70 or 80% of all Bitcoin mining is actually happening in places where they're very, very close to a, 
a hydro power station Interesting. or okay. something like that. And so also, I think to, they're, they're in colder climates because I think the biggest <coughs> energy expense is trying to keep the machines cool. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're powerful machines. They're doing like these, you know, crazy, uh, you know, algorithms and calculations and um, that takes up a lot of energy. I, I find it so interesting because, I mean, obviously, you know, Matt's been chatting to me a bit about uh, crypto. Um, I'm an old kind of school kind of guy, um, live under a rock, so I'm only just trying to catch up now on this whole crypto thing. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, so yes, in one uh, way you can think about it, that's correct, but you like to assess assets tangibly. Like what we were speaking with Sam on last week's podcast, you know, you want to look at future cash flow. What is my tangible? I want to be able to value this particular asset. And the way that you value historical assets and then the way that you look at valuing um, different coins or different cryptocurrencies, it's just completely different. And that's what, yeah. And so coming back to, you know, when, you, when, when we when Matt threw, threw at me the idea of money um, and you come up with, you call it now, for your currently funny money. Yeah, of fiat what? dollars. Fiat dollars. Or fun coupons. Or yeah. fun coupons. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, so was it funny? Is it as in ha ha ha, or is it just because you you don't give it any credibility anymore? Um, like why why would you? I mean, it's you know it's it's a little bit in jest, but yes. but like why would you give it credibility when you know recently there was it was just a really nice tweet from I forget who on Twitter, <laughs> but they made the point that uh, HSBC or whatever bank it was in the UK actually like felt it was worthwhile to make an announcement that they had just increased the interest bearing on one of their savings account. Um, or maybe they actually had to announce that they decreased it. Um, but they decreased it to 0.02%. Not like 2%, no. 0.02 yeah. of a percent. So that is the amount of interest that you can earn if you hold a little bit of fiat dollars in that, right? <laughs> Whereas I can go today, tomorrow, and put some fiat dollars into a bunch of different cryptocurrencies and I can earn, you know, at the moment, like, for example, 130% APY. Um, wow. I mean, they're, they're obviously... Quite easily. ...significant returns and anybody... Um, would love to earn that kind of return on their investment. Mm. But obviously, when you hear those kind of returns, it kind of also sets off a couple of alarm bells, like, why? Yeah. And I guess that's the question I have, you know, is why does it go up 130%? You know, what's behind it? Where's the value proposition? What's the what's the cash flow? What's the, the, the potential growth? What, what makes where's, it work? Where's the Ponzi scheme? Yeah. Yeah. So every business is a Ponzi scheme. If you lose oh. your customers, all your customers tomorrow, you go out of business. Yep. Right? Yep. Every business would go out of business. They lose. So every business is a Ponzi scheme if you look at it in that way. So the reason why cryptocurrency is not a Ponzi scheme at the moment is because there is just more and more people. Remember Coinbase, number one on the app store. There is just more money flowing into crypto at the moment and it's coming out of, you know, regular money so if that were to stop then yes those types of returns would Come down. would potentially stop but 
Is there a lot of people out there that are disenfranchised with earning 0.02%? And I think that's, that's really very interesting because, I mean, it's like you said before about the property market, you know, it's very difficult to get access to that mm. uh, unless you're already on that bandwagon. And so mm. people are obviously looking for ways to continue to grow their wealth for their, for their future, to create that level of financial security that pretty much everybody on the planet wants, whatever that looks like for them personally. Mm. And so if you're getting excluded from particular asset classes, which everybody else seems to be enjoying, you're going to be looking for alternatives. Correct. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And is that... But, but I think you also need to think about, you know, life is risky. Yeah. And the whole idea, so once upon a time, nobody knew how to drive. Then, we, then you go through a learning process. You learn how to drive and then driving becomes less risky. So, and all investment is risky, but the way that you mitigate that risk is you get an understanding of what the heck you're doing. Mm. So you need to understand if you're investing in shares or property, how those asset classes move, how inflation has an impact on those asset classes. Same thing with crypto, same mm. thing with any type of, you can invest in resources. Like there mm. are, gazillions of different things that you can invest in yep. to mm. make money. And you de-risk those investments by mm. learning how to do it and what is going on, what is driving those investments. And I think when you're looking at different um, crypto coins, like, you know, there was just a coin that came out, it was like the Squid Games coin. And that thing went rocketed and then it went to nothing. Mm. So, because it had zero utility, it was just a pump and dump. <laughs> I think that's what the pros call it. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, and then so your retail, your retail investors <clears throat> get absolutely hammered because they don't understand what is going on there. So you know, if you are looking to allocate any capital into any investment, either use a qualified um, investment advisor to advise you to do how to do that or get some education. Deal. Deal? Deal. Deal? Do your own research. Oh. That is it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, maybe it's Christian. Christian started it. No, it's Dior. Do your own research. Yes. So you'll see that everywhere in the crypto space. Like, by the way, this is not financial advice. I think we yes. need to get that on a T-shirt. Yes. Not financial advice. That's yep. you know, massive disclaimer as well. But yeah, you have to, you have to have this. It's and really, once you sort of start to get in, get into it a little bit more, you sort of realise it's actually a discipline that you need to have of doing this deal. Because if you're not, if you're not sort of researching, um, then you you're sort of missing out on on opportunities. And mm -hmm. recently, all my uh, all my eyes have been towards the NFT space. And I've I've sort of taken my finger off the pulse on crypto because there you know there's there's two very different worlds there at the moment. There's crypto and there's NFT. They're actually starting to merge a little bit more at the moment. But um, I've you know I've certainly stopped having this discipline of just looking at what's coming down the pipeline and in terms of ICOs and things like that and and doing my own research, because every time I take a, a tip from someone, even if it's someone whose opinion in crypto I really respect, I've lost almost every time on, on those, on those little, little bets that I'll, I'll make here and there. Um, but if I'm doing my own research into it and I'm, I'm forming an opinion based upon research, based on the team behind what's happening, are they doxxed? Um, all these sort of things, then, you know, I make, um, I've been able to make some good, good investments. 
Yeah, talking about NFTs, there's just come out the first sort of platform to be able to exchange <clears throat> NFTs or buy and sell or trade them called um, exchange.art called, I just looked that up. Is called this in exchange.art. No, based out of the US. And um, so they've just brought that to market now where mm -hmm. you'll be able to generate, artists will be able to generate an actual image or a painting or a sculpture. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be able to launch that with a NFT. So then that piece of physical art is then mm. also backed by the ownership certificate of this digital receipt or this digital yeah, NFT. Digital, right. okay. And then from those <clears throat> NFT owners, you'll be if there's X amount of prints that you'll be able to generate from those, then that's what will all be licensed through these different sort of NFTs. So I think through this blockchain. Mm. Yeah. So I think this NFT space is so um, interesting by people trying to create these digital assets or trying to transfer value from the physical world mm. into the um, digital world so what does what does and what what is an nft so it's it's non-fungible token and i applaud those guys for saying that they're the first to do that but they're not um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure there's one out there called 4k um 4k.com that i've sort of been tracking for a little while and they're linking uh digital assets nfts to to physical assets as well but maybe you know there's probably a permutation of that that they're claiming is the first and, yeah. and you know, good on them. <laughs> I think anyone who launches a coin or any type of thing in this space is like, we're the first. We're like... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're the first. But, um, yeah, so NFTs, non-fungible tokens. So it's it's what's called an ERC-721 smart contract. And, okay. <laughs> and, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like the same way that... that a cryptocurrency is kind of reinventing money. NFTs are reinventing ownership. Yeah, and that's something that I... Or disrupting ownership. Yeah, I find that fascinating, <clears throat> and I've been looking at that too, just to keep myself abreast of what's going on there. But, mm. you know, obviously um, chatting to you about crypto and NFTs, and you obviously have a significant level of understanding expertise, but how mm. did you go from... We started off, you finished off telling us about how you, you know, with Big Richard. Yeah. Um, and how did you go from Big Richard to, you know, the stuff that you're currently doing now? Um, so I, I basically exited that, that company. Um, we, we sold off the last of the stock. It, it, was, it was great fun. It was good fun brand home when I was a single guy. And, and what happened to the van? <laughs> we used to have the... The condom career van that we used to drive around <laughs> Sydney to events and stereo sonic. So yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we, we sold all that. We sold the business. I, I got out of that business, and um, and then I had a uh, a mobile app development company, which I still have. Yeah. Um, so kind of building apps for people, and then um, uh, about 2015, I started working on my own mobile game, and. Um, we got a little bit too ambitious with that. I had these investors on board that um, they had these Hollywood links and and so we started actually producing an animated series of the IP that we created and it was just too, too ambitious. So I actually ended up having to sort of mothball that um, but I've retained the IP on that and that, that, that thing will come back soon. But that gave me a skill set. I developed a skill set there in... Um, Kind of, I've, I've sort of always had a, a technical skill set, but um, that gave me the the skills and um, the the personnel to be able to build um, websites uh, and 
apps and mobile games. And I've sort of always had this like a capability around SEO and I've done a lot of sort of online consulting and that sort of thing. So that company is still going for me now. We've got, you know, regular clients that we build apps and websites and stuff for. And then what we've recently started doing is hiring um, what I just said, ERC721, um, basically smart contract developers like crazy. So these are, um, you know, engineers that can can write in a software language called Solidity. And it's been interesting to me actually recently because we've got, we've got a really good... Um, sort of channel for recruiting into universities in Australia. And uh, every sort of young kid that I'm seeing, that seems it seems like AI is mm-hmm. something that they're learning in school, but I cannot find, you know, a young kid that has experience in, in Solidity, which is really surprising to me because AI is definitely going to, it's, you know, it's already you know, having an impact and, and that's kind of the future as well. But I would have thought more would be into um, uh, into solidity and they're definitely like the, the young kids are 100% interested in NFTs and crypto, but um, maybe it hasn't found its way into programming just, just yet, but they'll learn. Yeah, I think that's interesting where we say all all the time, you know, who knows what jobs are going to, like as we're trying to, um, you know, help our children decide what they're going to do as a career or the stress that, you know, um, 16-year-olds have on choosing their HSC subjects. You know, there are jobs in the future that we have no idea what it's going to be. Like this particular Mm. type of programming code didn't exist five years ago. Mm. Didn't exist. When when did it start coming into play? Like when Ethereum came out? Well, yeah, so it would have been... I mean, I forget when, I think it was probably 2016, 2017 when Ethereum actually launched their smart contracts. So they came out before that, but then actually when they launched their smart contracts, I'm I'm guessing it would have, oh, actually I looked into the history the other day. So it would have been 2016. And then there was a big ICO bull run in 2017. And there were a whole bunch of altcoins and shit coins that launched them like they're launching right now. Yeah. Um, in the next kind of bull run that's that's happening right now, um, but um, yeah, Ethereum is sort of a you know a, a massive thing for the crypto space and still continues to be. So when you when you look at these coin offerings or you know these various NFT um, smart contract solutions, whatever they are, this this new way of digital ownership is that what it is? Some kind of digital ownership. NFTs? Well, it's a, it's a smart contract. Yeah. So again, going back to that back office, you need a back office to verify transactions if you're a bank. You've now just got software that is verifying a contract So and verifying ownership of... I've just bought a parcel of coins. I've just bought $8,000 worth of, of cryptocurrency tokens. Or I've just bought an NFT, which was $280. And it's, it's a contract that is immutable that says this wallet, not this person, but this wallet now owns that asset. Yeah. And was transacted against, transacted against X asset <coughs> coins or whatever it was. And then that transfer happens. The transaction. Now those wallets yeah. now have that exchange. Yeah. So completely um, revolutionizing the way that uh, people are going to be transacting in the future. Trend, yeah. The way that transactions occur. And so when you're looking at this, these you know, opportunities, what kind of things do you look for when you try to get a, a feel on whether something is an opportunity or whether it's just nonsense? 
so the things that I look for in cryptocurrency, again, I'm like one month, that's all, in terms of just having my finger a little bit off the pulse <laughs> of yep. crypto. And that is a long time, okay. right? Um, at the moment, I'm sort of more focused on NFTs. But in terms of what I you know, kind of was looking for, you, you always need to be kind of looking, who's the team behind this? There's a little bit of the fundamentals that you'd look for if you were an angel investor in a startup business. So who's the team behind this? Do they have legitimate tech talent? What is their roadmap? What is their vision? Are they doxed? So are they What's known? That okay, yeah. Do we know who these people are? Because there's a lot of pseudonyms and, and stuff in... in um so, so similar to Bitcoin, we don't actually know who created Bitcoin. So there was yeah. someone who, who created it in the beginning and there were a whole lot of different programmers that then assisted that particular person actually finalize that code, which then mm. became Bitcoin. Um, so when you say doxed, you want to actually know who it is, the actual physical person or mm. entity behind um, that particular coin or cryptocurrency. Yeah, so that there's not going to be a rug pull <laughs> that happens. Yeah. So what, what's, okay, what's a rug pull? So that is when the, the people behind the call, uh, behind the coin or whatever it is that they're doing, the crypto thing, they just take, take all, all the money. <laughs> take all, all the money that you've given them to invest in the project. It's, it's a smart contract and they just, they take it all, right? So if they're anonymous, they're, they're, they're not doxxed, they are anonymous. You, you just And you'll see this a lot, particularly in the NFT space, you'll see this a lot, you'll just see a, a PFP, a profile picture of an avatar, not the actual person who it is. So there is a risk of that. Um, if that's, you're looking at the team page and it's all caricatures or something like that, oh, that's a risk you've got to factor in. I'm gonna start putting out stuff like that. <clears throat> You know, just put your own avatars, make up pictures. No, no you're not. No? no okay. No, not. It's, it's amazing that they that's how it operates and that they can actually do that. Well, it's unregulated. Yeah. So it's its a wild west in, in the crypto space at the moment, but, you know, uh, long-ish may it continue because it's, you know, it makes it kind of a, a bit more fun. Um, for the people making money. <laughs> for, the, for the people making money. Um, well, it's just, you, again, you, you have to have this, this D or discipline. If you don't, then like... And I yeah, think um, the whole industry trouble. is moving towards regulation. So we have the futures uh, ETF coming out for Bitcoin. That's going to bring uh, that particular coin more mainstream now. Um, but you've got... And you've got sort of Coinbase, which is a listed... Um, exchange on uh, the New York Stock Exchange, uh, but then you've also got like Binance, which is a huge um, exchange, and they actually don't know where that business exists, if mm. it exists at all, in terms of in the physical world. Mm. Um, and I, I, I find but the, things but like the founders are docs, like yeah, yeah, no, 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 we, no, no, no so, knows who that, yeah, but yeah. yeah, so I'm not saying that Binance <clears throat> is a scam; it's it's absolutely not. Like it's a it's a legitimate business, but <laughs> mm. in terms of like, so for example, all businesses have a headquarters. Listed somewhere, hmm. no one knows where Binance's is. Right. So I, I, I think that that is that. just um, cool. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. And you know, he he launched that business in like 2018, 2019. He's a multi-billionaire. 
Oh, so you're talking about yeah, yeah. from 2018 to 2021, sort of three years, and he goes from wherever he was previously to a billion. That's a that's a steady climb in yeah. uh, net wealth. So, yeah, in this sort of space, you can definitely make a lot of money. But on the flip side of that, you can lose your pants the blink of an eye. So you have to definitely um, do your own research and have an understanding of the utility behind these different NFTs and these different coins that are out there. And understand that as an unregulated space, that you're not afforded the more traditional um, protection protection that you there might is zero get. protection. Yeah, mm. um, in a, investing in a regulated space. But but I think that's what's attractive, you know, for me. I know I've said to you, uh, what is it? Well, the rest of it. But you know, I I, I actually really do I, because it's it's trying to make something better. You know, I honestly mm. believe that our current you know funny money environment is a bit of a joke. The fact that you know, money just get printed and just feed mm. this and given away. What I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, that, that I was reading an article today about stable coins and how, you know, certain authorities are saying, yeah, they say that there's, it's asset backed and it's not asset backed. And, mm. and I'm like, hey, you tell me one freaking fiat currency on this planet that's asset backed. Yeah. None. None. Exactly. So I'm like, hang on. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And yeah. if this is going to make things... Um, you know, improve processes, efficiencies. Well, I think it comes down to trust. So all global central banks have basically come out and said, hey guys, we've right. given up the gold standard. We are not asset backed anymore. Ugh. Continue. Hmm. Where some of these um, coins or cryptocurrencies have come out and said, no, we are actually asset backed. But then when you pull up the sheet, you're like, uh-uh-uh, no, you're not. They're not. <laughs> so They're not. <laughs> that, and so that is where, um, where where the issue is there because people are not being forthcoming with with the assets or with what they're actually doing. But, you know, just like in the Wild West, you know, there are gunslingers out there that are going to take your money, take your life. If you get in the right, well, crypto's not going to take your life. But, you know, there are people out there that if you get on the wrong side of it, they are going to take you for everything you have. So you just yeah. have to be careful. Well, there's, there's scammers in, you know, in regular markets, right? And same thing applies there. You just, you always have to do your own research. Yeah, sure. And, and, and so, you know, um, Matt introduced you as a, like a serial entrepreneur. You know, you've, you've obviously done a number of pivots. Mm. Um, but there's obviously been a, a common thread, I guess, between the various ventures that you've been involved with around the marketing space, communication space, mm. um, you know, uh, in sales environment, which is very heavily about if you're able to communicate effectively. Mm. Uh, Lloyd is one of the best salesmen that I know. Coming from you? Coming from I keep saying that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Perry would give me a run for uh, my money. He's, uh, he's a very, very good salesman. And also I'm thinking about the whole system and, and the marketing that goes behind that and then building that, I guess, sales process for people. So, yeah, he definitely has a very thorough understanding of how to move people from not interested to client. <laughs> well, my, so my main company at the moment, but... <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just increasingly, that, increasingly focused on, uh, on, on crypto. But my main company at the moment is Sellcrowd, so sellcrowd.com. Um, so that's, that's an online sales hiring marketplace where we help companies find salespeople and grow their sales. We've got about 10,000 registered salespeople. We're in, I think, 85 different countries now in terms of um, uh, registered sales reps. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I've um, put my my sales expertise into, and we've you know we've helped a lot of companies um, to hire good talent and, and and grow their sales. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at ways I can pivot that business into crypto. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so obviously the yeah the crypto NFT space is highly attractive to you. That's something that you're super interested in. Um, and like you said before, the reason a couple of reasons why, but. If, if you focus on that and you continue to explore and invest, how do you get to use, how are you using those different skill sets and expertise that you've developed over the last you know, number of years in building successful businesses, specifically in that area of sales marketing and utilizing those talents? How are you, how are you, going, how are you thinking of being able to adopt that um, mm. playing in the, uh, in the NFT crypto space? Well, so I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier, there's an interesting thing that's happening in, in crypto at the moment. And... Um, like Facebook have just signaled this if if you've just seen it. So they've just changed their name to Meta. Mm-hmm. Um, there are um, one of the, you know, the, the cryptos that I'm quite heavily invested in, into is called Axie Infinity. And essentially kind of what's happening is the world of gaming and crypto is merging. And the, the merger of those two things is actually going to create a more powerful... Uh, thing than even kind of what what gaming is now and gaming gaming is a massive industry it's Mm. bigger than film it's bigger than music uh and then crypto this kind of currency is going to come into it so you can actually you don't have to be like some sort of esports superstar where you've played this particular game for ten thousand hours and you're just so good at that game that people come and watch you to play and then you become a streaming star and then you start earning money even that just blows my mind <laughs> even that blows yeah the exactly you can play a game through your adolescence and become an esports star and then yeah. you will actually get sponsored by the game and other promoters to yep. promote a joystick or a chair or a script or whatever it is yeah it's phenomenal but you're gonna but, say, yeah but so what's happening now is you could just be a kind of regular gamer maybe a pretty good gamer and you can start earning crypto just by playing games. So that that is happening at the moment. That's called play to earn. And that's where I'm focusing my energy going back to okay. the company that I had after um, Big Richard, which is a mobile gaming company. Um, so I'm watching what's happening there. There's a lot of smart money in crypto is sort of saying, okay, watch this crypto gaming space. Because if you think about like, what has the the biggest capacity as an industry to bring more regular people into crypto? You've got DeFi, which is decentralized, you know, finance. You've got to be a kind of trader. You've got to have a good financial mindset, mindset to sort of get in and understand that and adopt that, a, a, you know, a research discipline to sort of make some money there. That's certainly brought in a lot of regular people into crypto, but gaming is something that is enjoyed by millions and millions of people. So that's going to bring in kind of the next biggest number of of kind of regular people. That's going to be for a lot of people, that will be how they'll discover crypto. Well, that'll be the only option. So... um if you want to play this particular game, you will have to have some sort of crypto wallet to be able to buy and sell different skins and things within the game and just, to then be able to play. And then just if, to play. Yeah, just to play. And then <clears> if you get to certain levels or your team achieves certain goals, you'll then be paid certain crypto back, I assume yeah, that's how it works. You can earn, you know, $30, $40 a day in some of these 
crypto games, which is a lot of money for particularly um, people in you know developing countries. And then the other thing that is bringing in a lot of people at the moment is just NFTs itself. So NFTs, non-fungible token, it's all about art yeah. at the moment, right? So art looks cool and you see these pretty pictures and these interesting looking characters and that's also what's bringing in a lot of people. So um, I heard on the radio here in Australia just um, about two, three weeks ago that 250 million has been spent on NFTs in uh, Australia this year. For what? Digital art, JPEGs. No, but wait for it. 200 million of that came in the last month. So my two takeaways from that, <laughs> one, I got to get better at gaming because I'm crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and two, I got to get better at making art. Yeah. Like some Man, kind of weird digital art form. Or, yes, yeah. It's and mate, mate, can you imagine if you and I were just rule uh, the world. We're gonna, tucked into my uh, lounge room playing games and, and we said to the, to the, to the wives, <laughs> hey, hey girls, we're just going to work. <laughs> we put our PJs on, our Ugg boots, we whip into the lounge room and we start gaming away. So what, what, site, what site was that? That you that, that this game you were talking about, where if you go on, you, you pay and you can start uh, money? the one the one that I'm investing into at the moment is called Axie Infinity. Okay. Yeah. And the actual game, there was a game site you said something where you can go and earn thirty to forty dollars a day. That's same. Oh, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Mm. Oh. Yeah, and then so the way that works is you need to own an NFT, which mm. then gives you a, a character, mm. and then you can then use that character to go and do whatever it is that you do in that particular game. Oh, yeah, man. you need to own a team in that particular game. So you need yep. to own three, and then you can start but this earning, is a, earning crypto if you're good at games. Yeah. But this is the whole vision of uh, Zuckerberg, you know, with Meta, isn't it? That this he's going to create this whole virtual environment where we can do lots of different things. Like he went for a surf. Well, it's like that, play, isn't it? Mm. Player One. There was a movie exactly. Ready, ready Player ready One. Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah. yeah. So Ready yeah. Player One. So that's where I think oh, that man. Facebook vision is going to get to. I think yeah, it, so re, re, that, that Ready Player One, that, that is actually coming. Like, and it, I don't even think it's actually that far away. Interesting. Wow, wow man. Oh, this, yeah. this stuff is there just... Will definitely, there will definitely be multiple metaverses. So one of the NFT projects that I'm working on at the moment, yeah, potentially even two of them, because um, I'm working on three. Um, uh, one of them is definitely going to be uh, a metaverse so that will that will take the form of a sort of open world game um, with lots of cool fun stuff happening in it but it's essentially we're creating a digital planet yeah um, oh man and maybe that's what's going to create zombies walking around because you keep playing that much stuff and you're going to end up like a zombie just like, oh. yeah no yeah <laughs> how, how was it <laughs> <laughs> well look, like we're going to need yeah. those those treadmills right look, yeah. for treadmills in Ready Player <laughs> One oh they will be they will be needed yeah look I, I still can't envisage a world where <clears throat> people don't have human interaction so intrinsically we are tribal beings we need to mm. be around people doing things together can we transition that out of in person to actually completely virtual and still be human Jeez. well yeah and, and then so as engaged maybe you know for younger people that only ever get that option potentially but for us dinosaurs 
I don't know if I can transition mm. to that. If I had to go and spend 16 hours a day in well, a not, metaverse, what not 16. I mean, there'll be some people that do that. You've heard stories of like kids in in Japan in in Wi-Fi cafes dying at their at their chair. What? Because they've just been playing so they've been so addicted to the internet in China or or uh, or Japan. Yeah. Well, well, six months ago, um, the Chinese government brought out a rule where kids cannot cannot play games Monday mm. to Thursday, or they can only play for right, an hour, yeah. and they can only get access to a game via um, logging on with their face facial recognition ID. Yeah. And then um, on the weekends, they can get like two hours or four hours because right, yeah, yeah. their entire next generation of citizens are just addicted to mm. gaming and none of them are going to school none of them are learning mm. so they came out and basically just put a blanket rule mm. um, and, and then you see a company 10 cent basically drop in value 50 percent overnight mm. um, yeah, wow. so it's interesting to see also how you know gaming and regulation and so the Chinese government does things a little bit differently in the Western world but you know it'll be interesting to see then how mm. um, how do you govern this so if you go into a game and Who's going to regulate the laws? The game itself. Like, what can you do? What can't you do? And all yeah. these different things. That is. <laughs> I had a lot to learn, buddy. But look, look, it's, 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 times, it's you know, it's oh. not like it's going to be. Um, what's the the movie with the 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 tiny robot where they're all like just that's all they did. The tiny robot. The, Pix, the Pixar movie. Oh, I haven't watched kids' movies in. The Pixar movie. You oh, might have watched it. With the robot. The robot. Help us out here. Come on, someone. <laughs> or is it going to be like a Westworld style of... Uh... No, I mean, I mean, I guess like, what I'm saying is it's, 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 it's not going to be the whole population. The real yeah. world's still going to, you yeah, know... of course. It's still going to exist, but like, you know, there's probably going to be, you know, there will be some people that will get addicted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like anything you know, else. If there's... Two or th- like, how many people play games at the moment? Like, I don't know what the percentage, but it's a very high percentage of people play games. So. Well, his wife told him you can't play Fortnite anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I connect to my children. But it, you know, imagine if it's it's four or five percent of the population that are playing games, and it's a lot of people. It's that's a lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of revenue, a lot of everything happening in there, and that's got to be spread out amongst all of those yeah. players. So, like, it's conceivable that the income that could be earned in some of the games that might come out in the future could be very, very lucrative. And then, you know, you're starting to weigh up if you're a young kid and you're looking at that. You don't have to become a complete superstar. You just have to be pretty good and dedicate your time to it. Yeah, invest some time into it. And you could earn five or six grand or seven grand a month then why do you want to go get a 70 or eighty thousand dollar a year sales job i will literally never be able to hire sales people well yeah um, that's yeah i never thought about that either you know that's the future workforce and they're going to be doing different things well, you what, know? what what's going to look more appealing to them you know getting a regular job or so that's that's kind of the scary bit i guess but like this is the world we're going into wow blows my mind well mate, mate, on that note i might give you a couple of uh rapid fire questions mm. favorite place in the world baraka nice philippines beautiful beach mm. um favorite food pizza <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think if if pizza was 
if pizza was actually healthy, I'd, I'd just never stop eating it. Like, <laughs> why, why would I? Yeah, good pizza is amazing. Yeah. Oh, good yes. pizza. Uh, favourite investment? Not your best, um, not your worst, but your favourite. Ooh, that's a tough question. Favourite investment? Um, well, yeah, at the moment, my, my easiest one is uh, Axie Infinity. Yeah. Nice. Got anything else to add, Randy? Yeah, last question. Um, what's the one rebellious thing you're currently doing that's breaking convention or...? Uh, well, can I, can I wrap this up into a plug? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Go. Okay, good. Um, so this is not really that rebellious. So the moment I'm trying to save the world... Um, so... <laughs> At the moment, I'm doing an NFT drop. Um, it's called Seeds NFT. Yeah. You can check it out now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the website goes live this weekend, I hope, finally. <laughs> but it's on Twitter and it's on Discord. Um, it's twitter.com forward slash Seeds NFT. So we've, we've created this amazing 3D art for these seeds. These are sort of very alien, neon, cool-looking seeds, and they're NFTs. So they're on the blockchain, yep. right? And if you... If you buy one of these seeds, they will grow more NFT seeds and they will also grow uh, NFT life forms. So there's like plants and trees and we've sort of got this whole concept called Genetica. So there's plant Genetica, tree Genetica, life Genetica, sex Genetica, predator Genetica. And that it's, it's a whole big generative art project. Anyway... Uh, for every 100 NFT seeds that get planted in the metaverse, we are going to plant one seed in the real world. And I'm kind it. of forecasting that if we get to achieve what we're going to do there and with the drop as a success and da-da-da, there's a very, very good chance that there could be millions and millions and millions of NFT seeds that get planted in the metaverse. So we will actually be able to have a really big impact on the climate if we can plant millions of seeds. So we're actually talking to charities at the moment and um, uh, my wife is spearheading that and she's, she's actually getting very close to announcing a partnership with a charity that's based in Africa that plants um, seeds. That's their day-to-day -day business. And... Um, that's that's what I'm saying. Is that rebellious? That's perfect. I love it. I don't, no, I don't mean, know that's, that's rebellious, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So if you wanted to be involved in that, how, how do you buy an NFT in um, Seeds? Yeah, Seeds NFT. So um, at the moment, <laughs> I haven't got the website live, but we'll have that we'll have that done this weekend. So it's probably the easiest way to find it is go onto Twitter and, and look at it. It's at okay. Seeds NFT. Yep. Yep. And then you'll find our our online community, um, which is currently on, on uh, a tool called Discord, which is used by a lot of gamers. Yep. Um, and then you'll discover all the information about the project. And that's, you know, that's legitimately, um, you know, that, like there's a $10,000 giveaway on, on there at the moment. I think everyone's more engaged by that. Can't seem to get them engaged by our mission, which is actually <laughs> to, uh, you know, plant uh, one seed in the real world for every 100 NFT seeds get planted. But 
you know. Well, we'll help we'll, spread the message. We'll, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. drop it in the show notes and definitely uh, yeah, encourage cool. people to check it out. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, awesome. Lloyd, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> thanks, yeah, it's guys. good to see you again, mate. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Everybody, thanks for listening. Adios. Have a great day. Remember, this podcast is not personal advice, but meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. Each host and any guests are providing their own personal opinion and is not providing professional, financial, or any advice. The material provided does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more details, please review our full disclaimer located on our podcast website. Wow, that was a mouthful, but we got there. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon.